0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I'm meteorologist Kirstie Zontini, And I'm meteorologist McCall
1: Vrydags. This is a podcast all about weather. We are two broadcast meteorologists in Dayton,
0: Ohio. And we just can't stop talking about weather. So when we're not on TV, we figured why not jump behind the mic to answer your weather questions and talk about all things meteorology.
1: Now remember, you can listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Hey, McCall. Hey, Kirsty. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm sick of the heat. Me too. Gosh, like so sick of it. I know. Fortunately, let's look at the glass half full rather than half empty to start. Okay. First, we are going to break the heat wave. Whoop, whoop. Then the
0: downfall is it's going to come with a lot of rain. Thanks a lot. Well, what was once Tropical Storm, Gordon. (laughs) We appreciate feeling your effects all the way up here in Ohio. Yeah,
1: and I love when it comes on the weekend when there's tons of festivals. All the
0: festivals are in Dayton this weekend. But uh, we are, I like to say I'm a mostly sunny meteorologist, so Mm -hmm. I will try to find positives in any forecast. And it's not a washout this weekend. And, you know, if you're in Dayton, we'll we'll continuously do update videos and mm. cover each you know part of the weekend for you on all of our newscast as well so i promise we'll highlight those dry times that will occur at some point this weekend yeah the upside is i don't see a lot of thunderstorms right it's just, it's just, just gonna be wet What? just grab a poncho get your spaghetti and meatballs from the fall festa and, and you know an a, italian fall festa chow down maybe take it to go <laughs> but it's it's worth getting outside um yeah. I also would like to point out, too, that I feel like a lot of years we get the complaint of, like, we didn't even have a summer. Oh, we definitely had a oh, summer this yes. year. Yes, we did. <laughs> I mean, 21 90-degree days? Ah, mm-hmm. We had a summer. We did. Four heat waves. Four heat waves. For wave. the Miami Valley. Right, right. We consider a heat wave in the Miami Valley three 90-degree days or warmer uh, or more than that, but we've, we've had four times now that we've done that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we definitely had a summer. So hopefully when people get upset about the heat, you reflect and you go, you know what, though? You know. I got to swim a lot.
1: And people that have been complaining about it, and I'll put myself in that pool. Oh, yeah. I know in
0: like two months. Oh, I'll be so sad. I'm gonna wish that it was back. Completely. So... Speaking of fluctuating uh, (laughs) temperatures, conditions, um, we have another meteorologist that we're going to be talking to today um, from our sister station at WPXI. He is their morning meteorologist. His name is Scott Harbaugh. He's actually been at WPXI for about 13 years. And uh, Pittsburgh is definitely a place that gets four seasons. So he's Mm -hmm. got a lot to talk about. He's a fellow Bobcat. So, of course, I mean, automatically he's a cool guy. He graduated from Ohio University. He also went on, continued his education, and got his certificate in broadcast meteorology from Mississippi State. Um, Scott's career has taken him a lot of different places, including Zanesville, Ohio, Bluefield, West Virginia, Augusta, Georgia, even Rockford, Illinois. Um, I mentioned this to McCall earlier because we both follow him on Twitter, but he's really active on social Mm -hmm. media. He's very witty on social media as well. So even if you don't live in Pittsburgh, he's worth a follow. You could follow him at, at... WPXI Scott Um, and Pittsburgh is his hometown so I'm excited to talk to him about what it's like you know forecasting where you grew up yeah so welcome Scott hey ladies how
2: you doing today we're good thanks for the 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 Twitter shout out I I I think I used to be wittier someone (laughs) told me a couple months ago that I was funnier before I got married and had a kid oh (laughs) <laughs> I'd say, well, I'm more tired now, so the wit doesn't work quite as much as it used to.
0: Right, right. You got that tired brain going on. I think you still got it. Yeah, we still laugh I'm in, in Dayton. I'm glad you did think so. <laughs> so,
2: so okay. what, did you, what did you say? Twenty, you're 22, 90 degree days this summer. 21, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Oh, how many four, did you have? Do four, you know? Well, Miami Valley. Yeah, we've had. Say, yesterday was our 14th, and we we made it to ninety Five on Whoa. wednesday and that was that was the hottest we've been in in six years wow um, we we haven't hit 100 since 2004 so for us any time spent over 90 is exceptional but 14 this year is about five above average
0: yeah that's impressive we're above average too by i think eight yeah normal i think it's 13. 13 yeah yeah, so. so a good amount, and I mean, makes sense. Ohio, Pennsylvania are pretty close to each other, you know. We're just sharing exactly. in sharing in the heat waves. <laughs> um, before we get into Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh weather, yeah. we always like to
1: introduce our guests and have them tell us a little bit about uh, your life. Where did it start? When did you start loving weather? And really, anything in between that led you up to where you are now? Hmm.
2: I uh, I was born here, as you guys mentioned, and then I I had to move around quite a bit. But I think weather. Started playing a factor for me in first grade. I was uh, I'm older than you two put together. So back <laughs> in the winter of seventy six seventy seven, um, we had two big snowfalls in the Upper Ohio Valley within a seven day period of each other. And at my house, and at the time I was living in Wheeling, West Virginia, we had literally about three feet of snow on the ground and did not have school for three weeks. Oh my god! Emergency, and I was so impressed at six seven years old i was just about to turn seven that this much stuff could fall from the sky that i i thought it was the coolest thing in the world and i started getting really interested in snow and to this day snow is still my favorite weather now let me couch that by saying it's my favorite until about valentine's day and then i'm done yeah, right, right i think everybody' are over it <laughs> yeah but i i love i love that first snow i love the fact that our bosses go over the top crazy for a half inch of snow. <laughs> um, and at least at least the first couple ones I really like. And still, I would take, I've been uh, going back and forth with people on Twitter the last couple of days about the recent heat wave and people say, oh, it's better than being 20 degrees. I'm like, no, I'd take 20 over 90 any day of the week. So yeah. um, to this day, I still love, still love winter, really got into it in middle school and high school. And um in college, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do sports or weather, so I got my degree in journalism, my minor in meteorology at Ohio University, and Ooh. my first job was actually doing baseball play-by-play in the minor leagues for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Whoa! So, you know, when I realized that wasn't going to pay anything, then I decided <laughs> whether it was definitely the route to go, and found out that doesn't pay anything either. But it's you know right. it's more it's more consistent.
0: <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, I love it. We love to talk to people about, like, how they got to where they're at because mm-hmm. McCall and I also kind of have interesting paths to how we became meteorologists on television as well. I'm um, also am a Bobcat, and I also am a Mississippi State Bulldog. So I uh, feel you in your in your educational journey.
2: It, it is funny. You know, all of us do it because we, we love doing it. I You know, people say all the time, you must really love the weather. And I yeah. say, you know, it's funny. I love weather. I was passionate about weather before it became a day-to-day job. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I still really like it, but remember the days where you could sit outside, like when you're on vacation and there's a really good thunderstorm, and you can just sit there and enjoy the thunderstorm and watch the towering cume build and and feel the downdraft come out, and you're not rushing into work or mm putting something on social media. I, I still love it then. matter of fact, a couple years ago, I was in the Dominican Republic, and there was a thunderstorm developing, and I was trying to actually take the angle of the sun, the height of the thunderstorm, and estimate how far away it was from us. Wow. And my my girlfriend at the time was like, wow, you really are a weather geek. And I said, <laughs> "I said only when I can actually be a weather geek. Right. Yeah. And I I said, it should be raining about, this was like four in the afternoon, I said, it should be raining about eight o'clock. Eight, ten started to pour. That was the most accurate I've ever been in my life. <laughs> right,
0: you like, man, I got to do it on a beach when I'm relaxed and just exactly. enjoying, enjoying my day. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so true. And you could just take that minute. I know. to know it just appreciate it. I know it think
1: it m- reminded me of what I love so much about it, those moments. And I think about where I grew up, I had a house that had a tin roof and my room was upstairs. So I used to love just sitting in my room and hearing the rain hitting yes. the tin roof. And then also uh, being at my grandmother's house and that cool breeze, the Mm downdraft and the rain coming in. And just Mm -hmm. the sound of the wind chimes yeah, with the rain falling. So that's my peaceful place. When I'm really stressed out and needing to sleep and my head is spinning, I'll listen to rain and wind chimes.
0: (gasps) Interesting, Raquel. I didn't know that about you. I love that. My uh, childhood weather was i'm not as safe i like to ride my bike and so when it would rain my friends and i would ride around and say we were chasing funnel clouds um oh not smart i mean i'm just kidding I, we we knew if it was thundering we couldn't these were yeah. like just you know the summer shower where it's yeah. just pouring and you're like this is so fun and it's just downpouring on you when it would thunder we would have to go in the garage which still isn't as safe as could be yeah but, you know i was young. it's better than out Jumping in puddles. Wait, right, right, exactly. We were at least in a safe, <laughs> safe shelter at that point. Yeah,
2: sitting in the garage and listening to it and watching it is a lot
0: of fun. It's so much fun. It is beautiful and mm-hmm. just really listening to thunderstorms is is probably my most favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, love it. But you're a snow guy, so you know we don't want to take away from from your love of snow. Um, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about forecasting in Pittsburgh, especially snow forecasting, because I mean. McCall grew up in, in Lake Effect Snowland. I grew up in Cleveland. I worked in Youngstown, so we were part of the snow belt. Um, but then when we came to southwest Ohio, one to two-inch snows are a big deal down here. Mm-hmm.
2: That was hard yeah. for me
0: to adjust to.
2: Yeah, it's true. And you guys have you guys have the bigger issue because you get a lot of those snowstorms that when they come up the back, when the low pressure comes up the back side of the Appalachians, you guys get pounded because you're in that cold air. Mm-hmm. We'll go from, we'll start with freezing rain, and then we'll change over to rain, and then we'll change back over to snow all in the course of like 8 to 10 hours Gross. Uh, because we get that little tongue of warmth that comes right up the backside of the Appalachian chain into southwest Pennsylvania. And that's part of our issue is, you guys know from the lake effect, our northern counties yeah. up, uh, along the I-80 corridor are snow belt counties, mm-hmm. and we have the mountains to the east where we have elevations up to 3,000 feet. So we can literally have one storm where some areas will get all rain, in other areas, we'll get up to 8, 10 inches of snow. And trying to trying to delineate that microclimate, yeah. uh, every, every winter is a headache because trying to figure out exactly where that warm air is going to intrude into and where the cutoff of the snow is going to be. We had a storm system last winter. Allegheny County is the county that Pittsburgh is in. And mm-hmm. from north to south, it's maybe 25 miles wide from north to south. Well, the northern end of the county... Got seven and a half inches of snow, and the southern end of the county got all rain. Oh, oh my fantastic. And it was one of those storms that the people that lived in the northern part of the county thought we were geniuses because we called for right. uh, oh, my. five to eight inches of snow. <laughs> in the southern part of the county, we called for uh, two to three inches of snow, and they ended up with all rain, and they thought we were idiots. Right. So <laughs> literally, the dividing line was, was 20 miles. Oh, my goodness. I'll have
1: to say that's the reason I am not in love with winter weather. Yes. And because that, I of mean, of that it drives reason. me
0: insane. And then we beat ourselves up and then we go crazy and like you could talk yourself in and out of like every little tweak that the forecast like yeah. is sh- oh god. But there's
1: no way that you can predict where that rain snow line is gonna set up within, you know, twelve hours sometimes. You I know. can't even sometimes tell.
0: You
2: really, really just have to wait until no. it's like I mean you can you can look at eight fifty temperature, you can look at everything aloft and try to get a good idea as to how far north it's going to push. But there are so many variables that yeah. even all the computer data doesn't understand. I tell people that, you know, the forecast is only as good as the computer modeling. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, human beings created the computer modeling, so it's still human error forecast. Truth. Yeah, that is true. Well, a little bit um,
0: your take with social media because you are so active. Um, what is it like being in a in an area and forecasting for an area that has such a varying forecast, you know, storm to storm. You could have eight inches you're forecasting here, two inches here. What's it like, like, trying to communicate and get that message out when you will have some people that you're saying you're going to get no snow, but then you're getting eight inches? And, you know, I guess has it gotten better with time now that you have things like Twitter and and Facebook Live? Or since you started 13 years ago, like, do you think it's almost gotten worse?
2: I think it's it's gotten better in the sense that you can put out specific – town forecast and we do we take our zone maps and we separate Mm -hmm. it county by county and we put out how much snow we think is going to fall in each county or how much freezing rain that's the plus to it because we can get the message out easier the negative to it is people can hide behind their twitter accounts or their facebook accounts or their instagram accounts and if you say one to two inches of snow and they got Mm 2.3 they beat you up for it and i you know i used to take that stuff when i first got on twitter goodness Nine years ago, eight years ago, I used to take that stuff personally, and I used to get really upset about it. And then I decided that the best thing to do was either, A, ignore it, or, B, more fun, smack (laughs) back with them once in (laughs) a while with some sarcasm. Um, Yes. You know, know, the the best – when I was working back in Rockford, Illinois, um, we had about a series of two or three weeks with scattered thunderstorms, and some of the storms produced very heavy rain, and sometimes they didn't, but they were very scattered, and probably over the course of the entire – two weeks, maybe 40% of the area saw rain, 60% didn't. I had a farmer um, call me from a neighboring county who hadn't had a drop of rain, his crops were dying. you keep talking about rain, you keep talking about the possibility of rain, I haven't had a drop of rain. He was upset, it was his livelihood. I let him go for about 10 minutes. And finally I said to him, I said, sir, I said, I'm trying to guess what God is thinking for a living. (laughs) And he said, you know what, you're right, Thank you for your time. And he hung Aww. up. But it's so true. I've been back now for about 17 years. And it, it, one time I used it with an atheist, so it didn't work in that case. <laughs> but usually it's worked pretty good.
0: Yeah. because I mean, why, like you said, it's one of those things, too, where if you look at your forecast area and... You're not necessarily wrong. Like, in the big picture, you're not wrong when you're talking about scattered and you're, know. you're getting scattered or isolated and you truly do just have 20% of your area that, that saw those storms. Like, But it is hard because it, it's, you know, if you're at home, you're like, well, I want to know when it will hit my house. Or, I know.
1: I mean, I had a couple people yeah. yesterday just saying, you know, we had some severe thunderstorms yes. and, you know. It was intense rain yep. and, and intense winds, very isolated. Um but then I had some people saying they didn't get a drop of rain. Right, when sunny. are we gonna when are we gonna get the rain? Right. And you know, it's hard because yeah, ten miles from you they're getting drenched in rain.
0: Yeah.
2: But you know, I think the problem is people want the forecast specifically for their town and the WHIO mm-hmm. app weather app helps with that, our weather app helps with that. But the problem is we have to cover, and I tried to explain this this morning because we have a flood risk for part of our area this afternoon and for the other part of the area there might not be a drop of rain. Mm-hmm. I I tried to say as many times on the air when I was putting up the impacts today and I said flooding was a low to medium impact and I said I understand if you live in Uniontown and you have flash flooding then it's a high impact for right. you but I'm talking mm-hmm. about overall for our 17 counties yeah. it'll be a low to medium impact for everyone and I don't think people I don't think they want to understand that. They want it specifically for them. They don't realize you have to cover a 100-mile area by 150-mile area to, to get the forecast out. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What about, um, well, speaking of flooding, uh, what's up with your summer? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know no, if we're... it's just us or if we're just getting, but I feel like all of a sudden, I mean, almost every week there's a story of, like, pretty massive flash flooding that that's occurring in Pennsylvania and even
2: specifically in Pittsburgh.
0: Or your viewing area, yeah. I want to say. You know. Yeah,
2: we've been pretty lucky the last probably two or three weeks, but you know, leading up to that, I mean, we're nine inches above normal for rainfall for the year, oh and my. wow, we just had constant rain in April, May, June, even into most of July. So our problem is the hills.
0: Yes. Um, everything terrain. has to
2: come off the hills and rush down, and these valleys, these. Low-line areas, poor drainage areas, areas where the sewer systems haven't been cleaned out for a while, and there's leaf debris and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of what we call runs, there are little creeks that go into bigger creeks that eventually go into streams that eventually go into rivers, and unfortunately, those get built up with soot and silt and debris if people throw trash into them, and they need to be dredged every so often, and we have one example. There's a town just, just northeast of Pittsburgh where there's a creek and during Ivan and Francis in 2004. Ten inches of rain in the area, literally 11 feet of water in the town, and they realized it was because of this little tributary called Gertie's Run. Really small, what they did right after the, the storms. They dredged this. There has not been a flood in Gertie's Run since 2004 because all they had to do was clean these up. So that's the area that we live in around here is, these hills, everything drains down, into these runs, and these creeks, and mm-hmm. you get a bad flood, they dredge it. You don't have flooding problems anymore, but it just costs too much to take care of all of them all the time.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, like, your terrain is just, uh, I mean, it's different than what we have here. So the yeah. flash flooding scenario for you guys oftentimes is because of, like you said, everything has to rush down and go somewhere. Exactly. Wow. Oof. That is scary, and when you have an active summer, a hot summer, one where we've been dealing, I feel like, just with so much of the warmth and golf moisture, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, our our summer has just been so hot and humid. It's not like those hot drought summers where we hit 90 mm-hmm. all the time. This was like just
2: we were basically Georgia, you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> what I oh, felt dad, all summer. I mean, my mother lives in Florida, and we've had some days where our dew points were higher than theirs. Yes. So I told oh her, she, no complaint about how hot it is down mm-hmm. there.
1: Oh, There's nothing worse than muggy conditions um, We asked this question to all of our meteorologists yes. Of your 13 years of working Is there any specific weather event That sticks out in your mind?
2: Um, a couple uh, and it's, it's been 13 back in Pittsburgh It's yeah. 25 altogether The only reason why I'm saying 25 Is because the weather event that, re, that sticks out most In my mind was back when I was working in Bluefield West Virginia Okay, I was the chief down there And it was the only time we ever made It was, it was a snow forecast But once again, that warm air was going to try to intrude in. So it's the only time in my entire career that I made a forecast with a competing station and with the two National Weather Service offices, Charleston and Roanoke, to make sure that everybody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. And the forecast for Bluefield, West Virginia, was for one to two inches of heavy, wet snow changing to rain. And then after that, about 24 hours of a cold, wet, heavy rain. Mm-hmm. Forty inches of snow later, it was <gasps> No. Yeah, it never, changed. Bluefield, it never changed. The elevation there was about 1,800 feet. It never changed there. Just down the hill in Princeton, West Virginia, and I mean just down the hill, like six miles away, they had three inches of snow and the rest was rain. Oh, my god. So that stuck out in my head because about a week later, once they cleared all the roads, about a week later, I'm in the grocery store. Oh, no. and Did I'm just getting just throw eggs at you? Sweet old lady comes up to me literally pats my face and says don't worry we still love you oh <laughs> at least you know so, it happens that was not how i yeah, thought so, that story was gonna no, turn no neither
0: did i yeah.
2: but you know well, you what know the story is gonna end with the other part where i ended up on medication for anxiety for a while it's also true <laughs> but the, the the sweet lady would uh, just you know made it all seem better
0: oh and you know what though it happens and, like you said, you, you, do, you did it, it with the meteorologist as a community. Yeah. And just, you got to look back, you analyze those forecasts. I'll tell and you, you go, this it much. is what it is. There's
1: no, well, maybe, but I'll say the chances of me ever forecasting 40
0: inches of snow. Right. But you know I, I mean? would just realistically be like, yep, this is it. This is the scenario is that'll gonna pan happen. out. Oh my gosh. Exactly. That's hard. That's hard to go against your records which I've found when we forecast that we'll always look up like, oh, what's the record for the day? And it's like, really? We're really going to blow past 12 inches of snow here? Eh." But you do. (laughs) Those records occur because it happened once. And it could happen again. So, uh, Mm. man, that's a great story. I will say that uh, when we asked Morgan Palmer this question as well, he had, remember, it was the windstorm that Mm – was a bust and and they they beat themselves up. They were talking about
1: 60 mile an hour winds potentially in their area that would bring down trees and power lines
0: um, but they only had 40 mile an hour winds. Which wasn't that far off. But it was homecoming weekend. yeah. Yeah, so things were canceled like it just and it didn't Fully well, verified.
2: He's, he's in Seattle, and they have all those They have all those passes there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's what he was really saying. really hard to forecast wind shooting through those passes. Yeah. yeah,
1: what he had said was that because they're on the, the west coast, um, you don't get a lot of data from the ocean. They didn't realize there was another area of low pressure that was developing yeah. offshore that was going to steal mm-hmm. the energy from
0: the like, killed, killed, killed one they were system. watching. Craziness. But, wow. Um, this was amazing though scott and very educational i feel like if you don't live in pittsburgh this is really great to hear your insight some of you know the storms of the past for you um and like i said he's worth a follow i'm getting it right right at wpxi scott with two t's correct Absolutely. yes follow him on twitter um because it's, i mean he's just whether you live in pittsburgh or not it's just, he's funny
1: scott are you on any
0: other social oh yes Facebook, what other platforms are you what on? what else do you have
2: uh, on Instagram and on Snapchat, also WPXI Scott, and on Facebook, WPXI Scott Harbaugh. Love it!
1: I love that you're on Snapchat. Me too. <laughs> I don't use it well enough.
2: I right. use it. I also cover the high school football games on Friday night. I, I co-anchor our high school I football. I thought show I saw that you were always
0: talking about football. It makes sense that you also love sports, and now I get why you were doing those Friday night football games because
2: And love, the reason is a it. couple years ago I started doing delay chance tweets for schools, oh, and literally had. Literally had 10,000 high school kids follow me in the course of three weeks. So <gasps> I have a good rapport with the high school kids. So they start having me do the high school football show about three years ago.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's
2: awesome. We may have to steal We're that. We're
0: going to steal that.
2: <laughs> we steal a lot we of things from Scott. Scott. We've, we've, we've said that tail. earlier. One bus is no chance. One bus is a little chance. Five buses is a slam dunk <laughs> sleeping.
0: <laughs> it's fantastic. That's awesome. See,
1: all reasons why you need to follow Scott.
0: Yeah, Boom. It was great talking to you, Scott, though. Thank you so much. Once again, you're staying up late. He works mornings like I do, so thanks for staying awake a little bit later to talk to us. We
2: really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much for including me.
0: Always great to hear from another Bobcat. Mm -hmm. And if you follow Scott on Twitter, he really is pretty funny. I know. (laughs) He's quite witty.
1: And a lot of his graphics that he uses on uh, Twitter specifically...
0: I steal and and reuse for us locally because he's so creative. He is a very creative guy. So great to always get to chat with him. And once again, we just love to be able to talk, come together with other meteorologists from across the country and hear some of, you know, their insight, their struggles. And and maybe you learn something new too for... You know, if you don't live in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. you know what they go through all the time now, you know? Exactly. They had a very active year, uh, uh, spring and summer year. Yeah, a lot lot of flash flooding. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We'll uh, transition this over to the sky again. One Mm -hmm. of our favorite segments for you is talking about a little bit of astronomy and September – It's fall, well not fall technically Meteorologically speaking fall has begun Mm -hmm. And so it's nice because you're starting to get some of the Cooler evenings or you're hoping you're getting cooler Evenings so uh, being outside In the evening hours is a little more comfortable For you now when it comes to uh, Meteor showers at least for this podcast We're going to talk about some more planets instead That you could see Venus Is always pretty much the king Of the sky and for this month It is now as well as Jupiter So September 11th through the 13th If you look to the west around sunset you will be able to find a very thin crescent moon and the moon is going to help you out. Anytime you've got the moon near a visible planet, it mm. makes it a lot easier to find. So look for the moon first. On the 11th, it will be uh, basically closest um, to the planet Jupiter. And then as we go through the 12th, or excuse me, or it'll be closest to Venus. On the 12th, it'll be in between the planets Venus and Jupiter. And then by the evening of the 13th, it will be right next to Jupiter. So if you miss out on the 11th and the 12th, Look outside on the 13th because the moon will be right next to Jupiter. Um, So it'll be great. Now, remember, though, that you have a small window to to do this. This will be after sunset. And then Venus and Jupiter both set about an hour or two after sunset. So they will... You know, you don't have all night long to mm-hmm. find these two. Yeah.
1: And this might be even a little bit more challenging, but you can find four planets in the sky mm-hmm. around dusk. Uh, look southeast to southwest. You'll be able to see Mars, which is looks like a red star. Yes. Uh, we've been able to see it pretty much for a couple yeah. months now at least. Uh, Saturn, Jupiter, and Venus stretching horizontally in the sky at sundown.
0: Yeah, and it is cool. So you want to, like, start in the southwestern sky mm-hmm. and then make your way and move slowly to the south. Uh, start in the southeast and then move to the southwest. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, I have yet to successfully do this, but I think that if you have a clear sky, I've seen good photos of people that have been able to kind of take the panoramic picture of all four of those planets. So
1: give it a try. Yeah, we have a few people that send us eyewitness seven photos that must have a really good camera and eye camera (laughs) and a good eye to be able to do that. So exactly, really
0: neat. All right. So This is something that, McCall, you actually took some time digging into. Mm -hmm. And I know that Ohio is not the only state that deals with really uh, bad allergy seasons. And for us, spring allergies can really stink. But in the fall, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't maybe think about allergy season, but it is ragweed and hay fever time. Yeah. Um, So we figured we'd talk a little about that. And and you wrote a whole article. Um, You could com and just search ragweed Mm -hmm. and you will find the article that McCall wrote. Um, But we figured this could be our teachable moment because we're going to talk about how the weather can impact um, pollen.
1: Yeah. So as you mentioned, we're heading into ragweed season. It begins in early August peaks in mid-September and continues until mid-October, late October. So it's a really long Long, season for allergies, specifically for ragweed and hay fever. When I was doing my research on it, what I did learn is that ragweed pollen is so fine and so light Mm -hmm. that it only takes just a very light breeze to blow billions of particles around. So this is why it impacts so many people, right? Because it's just so light and it can just be carried Really, across the region, once you just have any type of breezy conditions. So. Yeah. Some things that you can do to limit uh, the impacts of these type of allergies is when you go inside, um, try to take a shower before bed.
0: Mm-hmm. That's smart. Don't
1: bring the pollen into your sheets because then you're right. sleeping with it all night long. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have pets, dogs, you take them for a walk, especially those longer-haired pets yeah. can collect that pollen and bring it inside. And then, of course, they're just bringing right. it all, all, over around, the house. all over the house. This time of year, especially lately, we've had so many hot days, so people are still using the A.C., But remember, peak ragweed season is Mm mid-September. That's when temperatures, on average, typically start to cool off. You get some cooler evenings and you start to open up the windows again. You know, know if you're in. someone that really suffers from it, maybe
0: maybe not necessarily do that too much. Yeah, that's uh, some really good tips. The pet thing, I remember you had done a story on this last year and that blew my mind because you forget about our animals outside mm-hmm. rolling around like, you know, and they're able to pick up that pollen and then bring it indoors. Um, when it comes to the weather itself, so as McCall mentioned, breezy conditions, Uh, of course, are very favorable to blow ragweed around. Um, And then also, rain is something that can help and sometimes hurt. A lot of times, if there's a lot of pollen in the atmosphere and you get heavy rain, sometimes it can almost push it to the ground and like do a brief, like, ooh, bad symptoms – But it also helps to wash it out of the air. So that can help you out a little bit. One thing to note as well, even this time of year, when it is really wet or really muggy, um, the mold spore count then can also be high. So Mm -hmm. you kind of, uh, you have to deal with the good and the bad. So the rain may help to wash, you know, the weed pollen count down. But then it can also help to increase the mold spore count. And that also can trigger people's symptoms, especially asthma.
1: Yeah, I know. I definitely have an impact or an allergen to mold. I feel that. Um, and grass pollen. Yes. Uh, so we're right in that in between phase where the grass pollen is going to still slowly, elevated. It's yeah. still elevated, but it should start to shut down for yep. me. So that's good. But
0: you know these wet days and muggy days are not really good for impactful you either. For me. Yeah. So you know, you, hopefully these were some helpful tips for you. And of course, if you feel like you're dealing with allergy symptoms, go see your doctor. Yeah. They can help you out.
1: Yeah. And and I know this this may sound silly, but keeping a little journal if you feel that smart you know, on this day I was really sneezy and sniffly and kind of keep a little journal. Maybe you'll figure out what your allergies are. Mm -hmm. Um especially if lately you've been feeling them coming up. It's likely because of that ragweed
0: count increasing. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us uh, this uh, time around for Cloudy with a Chance of podcast. Remember, you can always go back and listen to past mm-hmm. episodes. If you like something, share it. Um, we put links on who.com to all of our stories that include the podcast. Um, share it, rate it, and review it. And remember, there's a bunch of different ways that you can listen to us as well. That's right. You
1: can uh, search for Cloudy with a Chance of podcast, download, subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and whio.com.